What's, What's up, up everybody? everybody? Welcome to the show. We got an awesome discussion tonight about health, what you can do for your health, you know? And I'm like, maybe I'll just kick it off right out the bat and talk about what we talk about all the time when it comes to taking charge of your health, and that's just Truth TRS. So Truth TRS, TRS spray. Mm-hmm. It's a TRS uh, zeolite spray that you spray in your mouth, and it eliminates all the heavy metals out of your system. So go to truthtrs.com to learn more about that. Also follow them on Instagram at truthtrs. Um, also, uh, if you want to contribute to the show, Value for Value, we've got a uh, donation page on our website, truezilla.org forward slash donate. Um, if you want to get some additional value for any of your contributions, you can go to truezilla.org forward slash shirts. Get yourself a nice Truezilla shirt. we got all kinds of awesome designs on there. I think they're some of the best in the business. Um, you know, also what I want to say is like also shout out to Ricky, Ricky Verandas at the Ripple Effect yeah, podcast. Yeah. Shout out to just Ricky. Got, just got his uh, channel taken down off YouTube. Like finally got his big boy pants on. And so it's like, see, we took the opposite direction where we stopped posting on YouTube and we post little teaser videos. Thank you, Megan, by the way, yes, for doing that. Thank you. Uh, but uh, Ricky just went balls to the wall, dude. He's just posting like all the Peter McCullough interviews, freaking like he doesn't even care, dude. I he's love just, it. He's just, balls like, to the it. wall because he posts yeah. uh, interviews with doctors. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, the exactly. world we live in. That's and, the world we live in. And, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I I commend him. Like, yeah, I love yeah. it that's because the best. there is there is a part of me that just says. Fuck self-censorship. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. And then there's the other part of me. It's like, but we can bring new people. We can That's bring me new too. people to, be to fair, rock I've been the yeah. I've been the biggest headache with that yeah. because I'm like, I'm I'm the YouTube like, okay, I think that's where people who don't know go to find stuff first. Like yeah. I don't, people just don't intuitively know to go to yeah, rock. Exactly. So I'm always hesitant to lose that. I, I, I think but, you're right. hundred percent. But you know, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But we're doing, we're doing what we're congratulations, doing. Congratulations, Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Earning your uh, stripes. Shout out brother. <laughs> love it. Love it. So yeah. Uh, speaking of, you want to follow us on rockfin, rockfin.com forward slash Truzilla. That's where you get the full Truzilla experience. We do a weekly clown town update for premium Rockfin subscribers. Uh, it's, a, it's an awesome way to support the show and support a platform that supports freedom, freedom yeah, of speech. So, so yeah, fuck YouTube. Go over to Rockfin, rockfin.com forward slash Truzilla. And, oh, God, I cannot forget our friend Cody. Cody! Cody at Cody's, C-O-D-Y-S underscore crystals on Instagram. Uh, go follow him. Tell him Truzilla sent you. Go check out his live streams. They've got all, he's got all kinds of like crystals and gems for sale. It's the cool stuff. He's a friend of the show. We couldn't do it without him. So definitely go give him a like and shoot him a message and uh, tell him Truzilla sent you. So, and, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe Putin. and yeah, keep yeah. those five-star reviews coming. I think we're uh, we're kind of growing a little bit yep, because yep, you guys yep. are helping us beat the algorithm. I love it. I love it. Please dude. keep them coming. Yeah, I love, love it. it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. You know, we, we, we won't be able to grow the show without your guys' just sharing the show, telling your friends about it, and also the five-star reviews on iTunes and any sort of comments that you have on any of your other platforms. So we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Enjoy the show. Hello. Our guest tonight has been fighting side by side with us in the great meme war of the past 18 (laughs) months on social media, and we are super excited to finally connect. Dr. Tina Moore is a naturopathic doctor and a leading expert in holistic regenerative medicine and resilient health. She has been the target of a massive big tech censorship campaign and is the host of the new and informative podcast, The Dr. Tina Moore Show. Dr. Tina, welcome to the show. Yay. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. We're so excited. We're looking forward to this for some time. Definitely. 
Yeah, so. definitely. Well, thank yeah. you for staying on me. It's been a, it's been a few, it's been a few years, right? Yeah. It's God, been we've been at this like 20 months. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like you, your, your, your posts have really informed a lot of the stuff that we talk about. And I feel like it's, we've kind of gone back and forth. Like you share our posts and it's just like, it's just been, it's been an honor serving with you in the great meme war of, <laughs> yeah. of the COVID era. Like it's just been, it's been, it's been madness. You know what I mean? It's been cool watching your journey too. Um, you know, I feel like you bring so much to this discussion, you know, and, and, and I've heard you on other shows and just your perspective and your own life experience brings so much to this. So I was hoping maybe definitely we could just start off giving our listeners a little background about your story, what brought you into the field of medicine to begin with. And we can just kind of go from there. Yeah, well, let's see. I was a very sick kid. I kind of came out the chute and was put on antibiotics right away. So I really didn't get to develop a microbiome. And I had all kinds of health issues growing up. My mom always took me to all the doctors, right? It was always all the doctors. And the only doctors that ever really helped me or listened to me were my chiropractors. Mm. And so I was always so grateful for them. They would talk to me like a human being, even though I was a child, they talked to me about food and nutrition and, and, you know, different aspects of my health. And then as I got older, I decided I needed to figure this out because I was not getting better. I was getting worse. And I had a baby when I was 24 and that really threw me off and things just weren't getting better. So I enrolled in naturopathic school. I was actually already in chiropractic college at the time. So I did both concurrently for several years and got both degrees. I'm a chiropractor too. I, Throughout that process, I got hit really hard when I was 19 by a virus mm. and a common virus that doesn't usually make people sick called cytomegalovirus. I got hit incredibly hard by it and almost died from it. And that was weird. Mm. So obviously I was walking around severely immunocompromised, but you know, I was like that super skinny nineties girl that lived off of Snapple chips and or Snapple and sun <laughs> chips and cha- chain smoked. <laughs> And thought that that was fun and drank like a fish at night. And I wonder why I got so sick. Mm-hmm. And so my journey into naturopathic medicine was kind of to find a solution of my way out of this. While I was there, I got hit by a really bad flu, which actually turned into meningitis. And that was rough. So coming out of all of that, I took a particular interest in viruses and how they work. And as a naturopathic doctor and a chiropractor, you know, we are looking at root cause medicine. I noticed throughout my practice, I started practicing in 2008 and I noticed that there's always a insult that sends someone into a spiral, right? They don't end up in a naturopathic doctor's office because they're well, most people end up there because it's their last resort. They've been everywhere else. And I specialized in pain. So what started it, right? It often was not an actual traumatic event as in a physical traumatic event. It wasn't always like, oh, I fell and hurt my back or I tripped and hurt my knee. It was just like, all of a sudden one day their knee just decided to blow up and on it went, right? And so when you really dig in and take a good patient history, often it's some kind of insult that is either emotional or viral. It often was a virus, right? And then my mentor, who was a wonderful naturopathic doctor, Dr. Rick Marinelli, I was with him for 20 years um, as my mentor, and he died of a viral induced cancer, which is HPV throat cancer. And so these oncogenic viruses are very common. It turns out same thing with cervical cancer. That is a viral induced cancer. Mm -hmm. And so that's an HPV induced cancer. And so you have these oncoviruses that are killing people with cancer. They're presenting with cancer. And so all through all of that process, I just got, 
I just dug into it. I had some great teachers along the way. I'm blessed to have some great teachers. So all, all together, when I saw this start, I was like, okay, well, we got this. We're naturopathic doctors. We can do this. My profession really didn't rally to the cause for mm. the most part. They stayed silent and many of them turned on me, which I was shocking <laughs> to yeah. say the least shocking. Yeah. I didn't really know what I was dealing with. I was having good friends turn on me and call me horrible things. And I was like, did somebody pay you money? Mm -hmm. Like we were in class together. We took the same board exams. Like what is happening here? But I have realized, and I will say this now, I woke up the other morning thinking about this interview and I realized there was definitely a concerted, and I'm not saying those people in particular were part of it, but there was definitely a concerted attack on me and anyone else trying to help who was speaking against against the narrative, especially medical professionals. Now you see it, it's just blatant slander yeah. and it's obvious. But at the time, like I didn't know what QAnon was at all. I'm not a very <laughs> political person. Sure. I, reg I regret not paying attention to politics prior to this, but I mean, when people were like, you've been named, you've been identified, you're QAnon, we're coming for you. And I was getting death threats on wow. Instagram. And I was like, what's Q and I had asked my dad and mom, I was yeah. like, cause they're, they're, they're conservatives. And I was, they watch Fox news. They know who Alex Jones is. I don't know who he was. Yeah. Everyone's like, you're, you know, you're a sympathizer. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even, <laughs> my dad was laughing when I would tell him this stuff. Cause he's like, he's this a crotchety old guy. And he's like, you're the most apolitical person. Like you're literally a dipshit when it comes to politics. <laughs> Like wow. how, how, yeah. how you would ever be associated with either side. He's like, those damn naturopaths made you a liberal. But other than that, you know, Portland ruined you. And you, I went to school in Eugene. He's like, Eugene <laughs> yeah. ruined you. Eugene ruined me once he sent ah. me away to UVO. But anyway, that's the long story short. So I've sort of just been watching this unfold all year, watching um, now that I can see it in hindsight, I, I look at what's happened and I'm like, oh, there was definitely an agenda to quiet us today. As a matter of fact, I got a comment on my post that said, I'm glad when you anti-vaxxers speak up because I know how to stay away from you. And uh, sure enough, you go to the profile, it's no picture, yep. one post, yep. it's a bot. Yeah. These are bots, They're, they, are, they are trolls and bots and shills and they are yep. planted there to wear us out. Yep. So yep. I refuse to be worn out. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I hope that you like it for me too, we've been, you know, the victim, not, not the victims, but we've been receiving a lot of attacks lately too. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with like, so I was let go from my position. And then there was a lot of people because of the vaccine situation. There's a lot of people at my work that are, uh, that were very much, you know, uh, I feel like very, very aggressive towards me in a certain way. And I feel like a lot of that was coming from them, but anyway, that's a whole nother deal. But anyway, you know, uh, I just channel it. I use that. I use that just yep. to be like, yes, Bring on more. Your your hatred makes me stronger, pretty much, is what I've been saying. So anyway. Well, I think that the best way to kind of look at like what is happening to kind of pick out that they've obviously been targeting us. Like we had Dr. Henry Ely on. Yeah. And like right from the start, he he tried to to go to the Oregon Health Authority and offer help. Like, hey, we know that vitamin D deficiency is happening in most of these patients who are dying from this. So let's 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 get a regimen of vitamin D and like let's tell the people how to empower themselves. Let's get well, there's tons of other vitamins and things that we can do to, to help our bodies. And and they just didn't want to have anything to do with it. And they they finally just just stopped returning his his messages and his calls. So um um and you know I've I have to say I got a crash course in your podcast today because when we first started talking, you didn't have a podcast. So uh I had to kind of listen to some other stuff. But first of all, I will just compliment and say your podcast is amazing and I absolutely Thank love you. it and I love your guests and it's 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 just great. But um but one of the things that really stuck out to me about what your message was is that America 
is not sick because a virus showed up. America was sick to begin with. Could you kind of expand on that a bit? Yes, yes. And I will say with Henry Ely, there were a few of us who spoke up because I just want to bring me back to your question because I want to say this. It got me totally. thinking. My lawyer, um, I won't tell, say who my lawyer is, but I got a call from my lawyer the first week of the pandemic and uh, they said, don't say anything online. And mm. I said, what are you talking about? And they said, the Department of Justice is coming down on your colleagues out of nowhere. And the FTC got involved, which is very weird. The FTC should only be involved if you're like selling something. It's not about... Nobody was trying to sell stuff off their shelves to the public. We were just talking about vitamin D and zinc. Zinc is a viral inhibitor. It, it, it causes viruses to cease to replicate inside the cell. You know, there's a lot of these sure. things that are just like, duh, this is not, we weren't talking about prevention, treatment, or cure of any virus. We were just talking about like how to empower your terrain so it Certainly. doesn't succumb to any infection, right? And so I started hearing from colleagues who were getting notices for YouTube videos that they had put up or they were just trying to help. But if they use the word COVID and there was any talk about anything that was suggestive of prevention, treatment or cure, they got a letter of investigation from the Department of Justice. And so we were all terrified. And then my colleagues started turning on me and then people were screaming on Facebook that I should have my license sanctioned. And mm. I was like, what is going on here? These are p the same people, some of the same people who have told, who I was really good friends with, who have told me in the past that I was one of the smartest people they've ever met. And now they're just t turning on me. And I'm like, where is my aunt? I'm posting studies. Yep. <laughs> like These are not anti, I, what is going on here it was very weird so anyway i'll just say that so uh america was an, a wreck america is a wreck i i made that video that went viral which was kind of the kiss of death my account growing that fast was really rough you guys like mm -hmm. that wasn't super fun i love my followers but that account is somewhat corrupted it still is there's mm -hmm. a lot of karens on there there's oh, yeah. a lot of people <laughs> who want to just bitch all the time about everything triggering them all the time and then when that account got taken down it was terrible, but I got my 2.0 account, which grew. Yep. That account's rad. All those yeah. people are like the people. Yeah. So that's where my attention goes. Now, anyway, cool. that video that went viral, I said, this virus hasn't seen North America. And I meant it because, man, the amount of metabolic, and you could, the studies were coming out of China week one, people who were obese, people who were metabolically unsound and who were more prone to diabetic outcomes, people who were elderly and inflamed. Uh, it, it's not rocket science. And I was like, okay, well, let me share this information. But guess what? That's like our whole country, right? That's mm -hmm. like the, the entirety of our country. And so it, it, everyone keeps talking about how it's, oh, but the young people, I'm like, they're, they're, they're categorizing young people, by the way, like 18 to 49. And I don't know about you, but most 40 year olds are a wreck, right? <laughs> like sure. from what you're seeing, right? I yeah. mean, most people at my age are a mess of, of health and of inflamed. I ran their labs. I ran thousands and thousands of labs on patients and everybody's inflamed. Everybody has prediabetes or diabetes. It's, it's not it, like being healthy and fit is the minority, of course, mm -hmm. at this point. And so I knew this was just going to be a perpetual shit show. Mm -hmm. And I totally melted down at first and told just a few people what I, well, I knew this was coming. I knew this. I told my mom when I was 19 that a virus was going to come and it was going to obliterate the diabetic and obese. Mm -hmm. yeah. I told her that and she was like, 
what? Mm. <laughs> Have you been taking your medication? And I was like, mom, it's going to be bad. And I kept telling her. And then I used to, my daughter's 21. I've been telling my daughter her whole life a zombie apocalypse was coming yeah. and to be ready. And the second it hit, you know how much we know about viruses? I actually had, aside from ivermectin, I had all those drugs on hand. Wow. The second I heard about it in China, I got ready for a virus because sure. I have almost died from viruses. So I'm like, I need these drugs to mm -hmm. make sure that I don't perish. And I bought enough for my whole family. And I handed my daughter and my mom a little pack. And in there was all the things they're handing out in El Salvador. Mm -hmm. And I, besides the ivermectin and I said, this is it. Remember, I told you this was coming. And I thought I was crazy. I've lived my whole life thinking like, I've got to be crazy. But no, here, here it is. <laughs> so cool. I said, we're ready. And like, that's it. So I think that you're right. You said it so well. The virus isn't killing people. They were already sick. Yeah. Yeah. The virus just brought light to it. Yeah. While we're on this too. So we've kind of been able to extricate ourselves from some of these platforms. You know, we've been able to set up our little ecosystem of you know, we, we seem to be pretty insulated from censorship, particularly like YouTube. Like we don't even post on YouTube anymore. We don't even care. We're on like Rockfin. We're on Odyssey. We're on Float. You know, these these companies and these people that, you know, support the cause. So in the interest of that, what would you say are some of these medications that you were handed out in the beginning? <laughs> if you can, if uh, you can. Everybody got a pack. Okay. Because what no one's talking about, what is, I don't know why no one's talking about this. When your lungs get infected and they get inflamed, they become very hospitable to secondary bacterial infections. So that's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. That's just how, that's how all upper respiratory viruses work. The virus hits you. It causes inflammation in your lungs. This one causes a lot of inflammation in the lungs. And then any bacterial infection that's floating around takes hold, right? It's like a vacancy mm -hmm. sign on a motel. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we don't have secondary bacterial infections killing people. That's actually what killed everyone in 1918. No one talks about that. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, it was, the bug was termed homophilus influenza because it was never it was never seen before they, or they hadn't isolated that organism yet, that bacterium. And because it was happening in people who had the flu, then it was Haemophilus influenza. So it, then their lungs would melt. The other thing that this virus does is it likes to cause a bit of an autoimmune response in the lungs. I think most people are actually dying from an autoimmune response to the virus. And so I made sure that we had steroids. We had mm -hmm. oral steroids. We had nebulized steroids. Everybody got a nebulizer. I bought everyone in the family a nebulizer off Amazon. I got all my oxygen tanks ready. Um, Hydroxy, I made a trip in December to Mexico and I literally bought the pharmacy out of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin because mm. at that time it wasn't really being talked about too much on the news, but I had found early on right at the beginning and this really didn't, I mean, I guess because I work from home and I have an online business, I have the luxury of researching. So that was great. Yeah. But I found all of these articles early on where different doctors were talking about sort of their cocktails that they were using around the world. And ivermectin was on all the lists. Another thing that no one talks about when um, Trump got sick and his doctor came out and said, we're using remdesivir, we're using the monoclonal antibodies and we're using Pepsid. And I was like, huh, that's an Easter egg. Why would they mention Pepsid? And of course, everybody who hates Trump was like, Trump has a bad gut. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, it turns out that Pepsid is a viral inhibitor. It hmm. inhibits viral replication. So I knew when he said that, when his doctor said that, I was like, this is an Easter egg. I'm going to go look this up. And sure enough, it was part of those cocktails that were circulating around the world. And then I was hearing from people. I think I had a unique vantage point early on as well, because I was hearing from people all over the world 
in a way that I don't think journalists were hearing, politicians were hearing, no one was hearing. I was hearing like from the ground, I was hearing from first line doctors and nurses, sure. like the front line was talking to me. So I had like a front row view of it. And I was hearing in Peru that they were handing out ivermectin and they were handing out these packets, right? These like, we're seeing this a lot in South Weren't America. they doing that in, in India at first too, when they're, when they're, Numbers were way down until Pfizer came in there and said, uh, you need a vaccine. And they pulled all the ivermectin. Yep. And now all the numbers have dropped again because they reinstated ivermectin and no one wants to talk about it. They just let it go quietly in the night. Like, let's not talk about, I mean, it was all over like, oh, people are dying in the streets. Let's put pictures everywhere of people dying in the streets. And then sure enough, like a month later, suddenly it's quiet and it's been quiet ever since because no one wants. And I was listening to a lot of um, Ivor Cummins and hearing what, you know, he had to say. And I really... I always try to find the obscure, like old dudes. I, I want to hear what the old, old scientists have to say. And so I was listening to scientists from all over the world, names I can't even remember now with thick accents. And they, we, we were all in agreement. Like I, I, they agreed with what I was thinking. And I was like, okay, my thinking can't be flawed here because like, these are super smart people. And then as I started getting into it with some of my super smarty pants friends, when I finally felt comfortable, like, Hey, can we talk about this? their brains are in agreement too. Like the Mm. smartest people I know with the highest levels of fancy education and knowledge and all kinds of specialties, we all agree. And I'm like, well, why is my profession? I love my profession so much. I would never disrespect them. Our medicine is amazing. There's just a few bad apples in there who really want to hang on this narrative that the only way out is the vaccine. And I'm not opposed to someone taking a vaccine if they want to, like I'm not anti-vax. I vaccinated my kid. I am personally not a recipient of vaccines because I have too many autoimmune issues and I don't want to die because I have ITP, which is one of the bad side effects from this vaccine is hemorrhaging, having your platelets basically melt you down. (laughs) So I was like, that's probably not good for me. But I think that what we all knew was going to come to this, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I just, it's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. And and I can't even believe how people can't see it. It's like, did you not watch Beaver Vendetta? Like, have you not watched? (laughs) Did you not read the books? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Did Uh, no one read Animal Farm? (laughs) 1984, baby. I mean, it's always just been though. I mean, I always use the example. I was over at my folks and they had CNN on in the background. And like after 10 minutes, I'm like, literally I'm going crazy. Right. But, but people are, are taking that in on a regular basis. I, I feel like they're under a spell. Like mm-hmm. they're literally under a spell. They are. Did you see the article? I don't know if you guys follow Chris master, John, you should. No. He's a, Oh, you'd love him. He's a PhD. Um, he's fighting the good fight from New York. Really smart dude. So when I say like my smarty, my smarty pants people, I don't personally, I'm not personally friends with him, but he's someone I followed a long time. And, uh, he shared out a post today. I think it was from, let's see. It's pretty telling. Oh, it's a Gallup survey. Have you guys heard about this? Over 3000 us adults in August Gallup surveyed over 3000 us adults on their understanding of the likelihood of hospitalization after contracting COVID. Basically most Americans think it's a death wish. Yeah. They have been they have been fed by the news that if you, mostly Democrats, they were far more likely to assume that you had a very high chance of dying if you contracted the virus. So most of them think it's a death threat. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, it's 
it's not. Yeah. Ninety nine point <laughs> nine, like to the to the max, like even above, like like what is it? Like above seventy for kids. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's, it's just, oh, there God. is no threat. Yeah, I mean, we're we're under five hundred kids under eighteen, and if if you take out the comorbidities, yeah. they, it, there there is no death. There is yeah. no death in children. Right. So. Since it's yeah, you have a better they have a better chance of dying from like a lightning strike yeah. or a plane going down. It's well, and then of course everybody has to use the argument. Don't you love how the argument keeps shifting mm, when mm-hmm. it's so fun to watch? I'm just like, I feel like I'm a I feel like I'm a writer for SNL. I feel like I'm sitting behind the scenes and I'm not discounting the deaths because I, I do believe in viruses. I do believe this is something infectious that is sure. killing people. Um and I don't want to disrespect those who've lost loved ones and I yeah. I understand that there has been fallout and it's terrible. And I'm sure people are dealing with massive PTSD, but I literally feel like I'm watching a bad dystopian novel play out and I'm the writer in the background. Like I can call the next scene. Right. And then now today they're going to say this and the, um, the, oh gosh, where was I going with this? The, the idea that it just keeps perpetuating and perpetuating. And then they just shift, they shift it to where they're saying what we were saying 16 months ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yep. But suddenly it's so weird. I mean, I don't have specific examples because there's so many, but it's just like, as this weaves and dodges, they're just like, oh yeah, well, I know that too. I mean, somebody said that to me the other day. I go, it doesn't stop transmission. It, I don't, I don't have any more arguments other than like, it doesn't stop transmission. The mandates they are didn't futile. Test for it in the clinical trial. Yeah. So, so how, how could have we ever said that? Right. But uh, obviously the media picks up and runs with what they want to. Yep. Right. And she's like, well, I know it doesn't stop transmission. And six months earlier, she had a different story. It, well, here's the thing, though. I will be fair. No vaccine stops transmission yeah. when you get down to it. But this one, the way it works in particular and the way this virus works in particular, that's the catch. It's like this isn't measles and a measles vaccine. This is coronavirus and a corona and an mRNA. Well, I don't know what it is. And it's inducing one antibody to one part of the it's making your body build a piece of the virus and then it's inducing one antibody response to that piece whereas other vaccines to viruses often will have an attenuated virus which is like a beat up virus or it'll have pieces of viral particulate in there or it'll have a deadened virus and the body sees the majority of the virus the capsid the spikes whatever it is and it builds an orchestrated response like a band. It's like a full throttle jazz band. Sure. Whereas this vaccine just gives you the bass drum only. So it's right? you get and robust so, immunity as opposed to just like this focused in immunity that's just going for this one particular thing. Because mm-hmm. then as soon as you have any variants, here we here we are in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you had enough people get vaccinated, it would start to slow the roll of the virus a bit. But the virus, this kind of virus mutates, the subfamily of viruses mutate so readily. And it doesn't like the flu will get kinder and gentler as it moves through immune systems. The coronaviruses don't, they tend to hang on to their tenaciousness, if you will. And I think that it, it mutates too fast. By the time they got their shit together to start vaccinating people, the Delta was already out. You know, so it's like, it's, I don't know. The whole thing's crazy to me. I, I, I feel like we have to look to countries like Sweden Sweden. and and Denmark and Norway. And then, but you know, my friend, John Kim, I don't know if you guys follow John, Dr. John Kim. I listened to one of your episodes with him recently and it was fantastic. Thanks. He's a super smart dude. And he said something to consider in that. Cause he's, he's not keen on a, we're, we're all on the same ship. Yeah. Yeah. 
he said yesterday though to me we we have like we have a meme texting war just between ourselves <laughs> and he, he sent me a message and he said we have to understand that those scandinavian countries are fairly homogenous as in homogenous ethnicity homogenous education homogenous health level there's a lot of homogeny in those people because they're all sort of brought up through a system that is a bit socialist and also everybody's everybody attains a certain level of education etc and so we've got a much, much more of a hodgepodge here in the U.S. of variety, which is what makes America wonderful. But, you know, fear and anxiety really predisposes you to dying from this. And so we've got a lot of people who are not highly educated or who are not weren't paying attention in high school biology or, you know, just whatever. So they don't understand it. And that's OK. I'm not dissing them. I understand we have different interests. And then you've got just a variety of ethnicities and body sizes. So the virus isn't, the, th the, the answer isn't going to impact us nearly the way that it would impact a more homogenous society. If that makes sense. It, yeah. Totally. But I, I think it comes back to though, the, the thing you were talking about before is we have uh, treatments, right? Because what would have happened if, if uh, when this hit New York uh, from the get-go, we were treating with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and budesonide and all these things that all these great doctors around the world were using. And in some countries, they were using this uh, across their populations. And we've seen what happens, right? And I'm not saying we're the same melting pot as, as these other countries, but if we would have done that, we, we could have maybe circulated the virus in the the through the healthy population could have received it and we could have got immunity and we wouldn't be in the situation. I mean, there was obviously an agenda that the only solution was going to be this vaccine. Mm -hmm. We're going to shut everything else down and we're going to all have to take this vaccine. And here we are, you know, and Biden's telling the whole world you have to get the vaccine at this point. Right. So and I think like and it is it's that informed consent that, you know, you you said, you know, you gave your your daughter the vaccines, but you didn't give it to yourself because because you know how it would affect you. And we need to have that ind individual like we need to be able to consent to whatever goes into our body because we all our bodies are different. We're all different. I, yeah. I agree. I had a conversation with my parents and my daughter about this vaccine. And I was very honest. I mean, I, my job is to be objective. My job is not to. If someone says they have pain, my job is to not believe them because it doesn't add up on my side of things. My job is to believe them and help them. Yeah. And my job with that, I've never told a patient ever to, to take or to not take a vaccine. I've had lots and lots of patients over the years ask me, and I'm like, that is a conversation for you and your doctor, but it's also something personal. It's a very personal decision and you have to get yourself educated on it well enough to make that decision. And so I sat down with my parents and I said, look, you guys are actually decent. If you survive the vaccine, I think it would be helpful for you. You are both elderly. You both have a lot of comorbidities. They're quite elderly. And I do think the virus would be gnarly for them. So I wasn't trying to talk them into it. I just said, that's my honest opinion if you wanna know it. Although I don't know how safe it is and I don't know how safe it would be for you guys. I had the same conversation with my daughter. I said, you're 21, she just turned 21. The poor girl literally like turned 21 in the middle of all this. Like Mom. what a way to, I know. And <laughs> she had waste. such she had such a long haul of depression too, like such a hard, hard time since she was 14. And she finally had come out of it and she finally had turned the corner and she was going to college and she was so happy. I like finally saw her blossoming in this pandemic hit. And I was just mm. like, oh no. So anyway, I said, you know, if you want to try, I know that I knew this was months ago. I was like, I know mandates are coming. If you want to yeah. live in this world, if you want to work in this world, if you want to go shopping with your friends, if you want to travel, you're going to probably have to take it. And so I want to tell you the, the, 
the risk benefit ratio. And I gave, I explained how they worked. I explained all three different ones that were out there and she decided against it, a personal choice. I did not sway her either way. I just was a good doctor and said, this is the information. I don't understand why we can't have these conversations with, I don't know, but who knows if it's even about the vaccine. Exactly. Right. Well, you know, good for her. Good for her to make an informed decision. And then especially being, uh, you know, the, the the younger generation having to stay strong in that conviction you know, leads to all sorts of other, you know, social problems and like the, the peer pressure. And so that's just an, an even more difficult probably decision. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so good for her. She's, you know. she's losing friends yeah. like crazy. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I feel like, you know, for us, our experience has been, and we talk about this a lot on the show is like, it's not, you know, yes, we do lose friends, but then we've also gained this whole new community of, of like-minded people yeah. that we never would have found before. And what, what, a, what, what a value these relationships have. And it really put things into perspective as to how, you know, okay, those were just, just, just throwaway relationships anyway, I guess, you know what I mean? And the friends that I have now that I've built in the last 18 months are the strongest connections I've ever had. And I'm yeah. super grateful for it. You know? Yeah. Certainly, certainly. So hopefully she's I getting agree. some of that too. And hopefully she's finding like-minded people too. You know? yeah. yeah. Yes. She we're, is. She, she couldn't believe how she's like, I can't believe how many of my friends were sheeps, mom. Like they <laughs> just blindly went into it and now they're pressuring me, but they yeah. don't have any argument. Like they don't have any, she's got all the info out of oh. my brain that I've shared. Yep. <laughs> she, they have no art. They have no ammo. That's one of the questions I was going to ask you too. So, so in your, uh, interactions with other colleagues, have you ever had the experience where people maybe of a different view are willing to debate or have a rational conversation about it? Yes. I okay. have some smart friends who have talked to me about, I mean, this is why I, I get, I was trying to explain this to my fiance the other night. I get how in theory vaccinating everybody should work. I get in theory how that should work. Unfortunately, that's just not how this is going to work or how this is panning out. So because of the way this virus behaves and because of the way this vaccine is, it's just different than others. And so if they, if it would induce longstanding T cell antibody response, we might actually get somewhere. It's not. And the way this whole thing played out and got politicized, it's not. And so I've had good conversations with people who were maybe not completely on the other side of things, but just like, hey, Tina, you know, slow, I saw your post. Let's talk about this. And I'm totally willing to listen and learn always. Mm -hmm. I, again, I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-mandates. Yeah. So I don't care what people want to do or put in their bodies. That's up to them. Totally. Right. If totally. people want to, whatever people want to do, they want to put in breast implants. They want to drink themselves to death. They want, I'm like when we, when uh, we got organ or weed and all drugs got legalized here, I was like, whatever. Sure. I don't, I don't care. Like I, the, none of that bothers me. I've never, I don't know. I, this is my vessel. I get to choose. And here's the thing though. I am comfortable not going to the hospital. If I am at home dying of COVID, I am comfortable not going to the hospital. I don't want to go to the hospital personally. I don't like hospitals. I didn't like hospitals pre-pandemic. I never, years ago, I thought I was having a heart attack and it was just a response to some over-the-counter medication. And I, my mom was like, you have to go to the hospital. And I'm like, I'm not going to the hospital. Wow. <laughs> I don't like hospitals. So I'm comfortable dying at home with my lungs filling up with goo. I, I like, I, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but like, I am okay with that risk. And this is the same thing I tell parents when parents say they would come to me as a, as a patient and they'd say, I don't want to give my kid the whooping cough vaccine. For instance, I'd say, are you comfortable managing whooping cough at home? Are you comfortable handling that? Cause it can be quite scary when your child presents with it. And it's horrific sounding. The are you comfortable? Vaccine also sucks. I'll just point <laughs> that out. Yes. Yes. But I'm like, are you comfortable managing 
the, the other side of it, right? Sure. So we have to have that conversation with people. Like, are you comfortable dealing with what may come if you don't choose something or if you do choose something and you should know what all the both sides look sure. like. Absolutely. 100%. And I, I, but I think the problem lies in is that everybody gets one side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody gets one side of the argument. Every, it's only us that get the other side that, that actually do the work and do the research and look and, and read vaccine inserts and, and, you know, know the adjuvants and, and, and whatnot. So um, I would just on that note, one of the things, um, you know, uh, you seem a little bit more neutral on the vaccine than maybe I personally am. Um, I think when I look at uh, like the antibody dependent enhancement and like all the all the studies they did in the ferrets before leading up in the from the first SARS, like there's like all the ferrets died. Right. And and now they're, uh, you know, beyond that. I mean, the bear system is blowing up like we've never seen before. Like I think we're up to six hundred and seventy thousand adverse events, uh, 15000 deaths. And and that's that's in our country. Uh, Europe's uh, last time I checked, it was about 20,000 deaths. So um Obviously, and that information um, is they are not letting that out anywhere. So so I think, you know, and so even if you are someone with comorbidities, like I I don't know if I could ever recommend this vaccine to somebody, in my personal opinion. That's fair. I'm not recommending. I just think that, well, on the same note, when people come to me crying, saying I took it and I'm having all these horrible side effects, I have absolutely no empathy there either. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I, 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 that sounds so heartless, but I'm like, you made your bed. I believe that for everything (laughs) I chain smoked you guys for a decade. I I smoked a pack a day for a decade. And there is a real high likelihood that I may develop lung cancer still from that, even though I quit decades ago. Right. I made my bed. I I'm, I'm just, if you want to eat ho-hos and drink beer all day and die of diabetes and have your toes cut off when you're 70, (laughs) that's on you too. Right. So like, I just, it's when someone makes their health choices about me. Like, it's not my problem. So when my fo- people in my following come on my DMS and they're like, but Tina help me. I'm like, no, you, yeah. these are. And I know, I know that's not fair because there are parents inflicting things upon their children. And there's just a lot of uneducation. So I totally get where you're coming from. I just also think that, um, you know, if someone's really scared of dying of this virus and they're really scared to the point where they're not going to leave their house and they feel sure. like that virus gives them that freedom, even if there is any, we're just going to have to sit and wait on that one, yeah. right? On the ADE, that's not a pretty sure. potential yeah. at all. Yeah. And I'm quite fearful of that, to be honest yeah. with you. I think that this winter is going to be a nightmare. So yeah. I just, thing. I just think too many people walk into this without even asking any questions. So that's yeah. why I say it's on them. They're like, well, I got yeah. bullied into it. I'm like, really? Did we not give that up in eighth grade? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I, I haven't <laughs> talked to, like I have most of my loved ones have, have all taken this vaccine and I don't think one of them did it because that they were scared of the virus and, mm. and they got, they did it because they, they wanted to travel or they didn't want to worry about it with their job. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's all over, but at the same time, it's like, you're saying they didn't do the research, you know, and even though I've been telling them the for like a year and a half, like been on them, but they, you know, I, I got pretty upset with my parents. You know, I got pretty upset. I said, you know, I, I've been telling you guys, but it is what it is at this point. It, it was their choice, you know, but what I, what know. I, I guess what I would love to, to kind of maybe shift into more. And uh, and one of the things I want to do for my parents now, I just found a way like uh, to, to order those those packs so I can have those vitamins ready for them. I'm going to give them a pack of vitamins just like you have done with your family. Say, if you start feeling the symptoms, take these. 
Just, just, you don't have to believe it. You don't have to pick a side. Just take this. Cause when you feel it, you'll know. Cause I know, cause I've had COVID, COVID, you know, the bioweapon. I have sort of like a, a derailed, like a side question that maybe, yeah. maybe it'll resonate with you, but this is, I, I haven't done any research, uh, really, um, too deep into this. So I just kind of want to bounce it off you. And I've been wanting to put it out there for a while. And you seem like someone that maybe I can do this with. Um, the aspects of the, these, um, these treatments, you know, the, the uh, ivermectin, the hydroxychloroquine, and all of these other things, and we understand that there's a lot of multifaceted things. We don't know everything that's going on. This is a very, very strange virus, and whatever's happening is obviously um, worrisome. But what are, what are the chances? What are the implications? Is there maybe something to do with a parasitic aspect? What, are, what does it look like just American population? How many of us have parasites how many how much does that interfere with our body's immune system's ability to be able to fight off things that we come against and, and to dump these you know viral loads i mean i just my mind keeps kind of going back to the whole parasitic aspect and i don't know if that's anything that's kind of crossed anyone's plate at all but it, it just always intrigues me yeah well you know i think so parasites are interesting because I used to try to kill them off in all my patients when I found them. And then I started understanding that in third world countries and in most countries around the world that aren't first world, so maybe second world <laughs> countries, parasites actually keep people from getting a lot of autoimmune disease. Parasites are, all of these organisms are in my head somewhat symbiotic until they become pathologic. They only become pathologic in a person when the person's terrain's all jacked up. Mm. So, and it's all, and they're not living within the, sort of the laws of nature, right? At all. And so, and here I am at six something at night with bright fluorescent lights on me. Yeah. <laughs> We're all doing what but, we can do. But. <laughs> but I think of parasites in other countries, so long as the person's healthy, like I've known lots of patients who had parasites. And I said, look, we got to treat your spouse. And their spouse was either African or Jamaican or like literally came over from another country. And they had been living healthfully with these parasites for years. But when those parasites were passed to the spouse and the spouse was maybe kind of your typical like Caucasian kind of, you know, um, rooty, beefy fellow, if you will, eating a lot of crappy food and not exercising, the parasites were very combative in his body and made him very sick. I've seen this in lots of different examples. So I think a parasites are not always the bad guy. I think they're supposed to live amongst us. And there's hell myths. I mean, we've actually in, you know, in my world, we implant hell myths into people to eradicate their autoimmune disease. We actually mm. give them worms. So I think that parasites on their own are not the enemy. I, and I don't think viruses on their own are the, are the enemy. I think it's the host's terrain. Right. And yep. so we just have a really sick population in the US. And so you've got these co-infections. A lot of people are walking around with Lyme and co-infections and mold and mycoplasma and all kinds of weird, chronic, low-grade infections that no one's testing or treating for. And the answer is never to if even if they were, like I used to test for these sorts of things in practice and I would find them. And the first approach was kill, kill it all. And then I realized, no, 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 we have to kill it down or kill it back. And we have to increase the health of the host. Yeah. We have to increase the terrain so that their immune system can come in and take over and kick it down. Right. So it'd be like the first line of an army. We just want to, we just want to take the enemy's counts down. We just want to push them back and weaken them a little bit. And then we want to make the host really, really strong so that it can eventually mm -hmm. find its symbiotic place with it. 
So that's kind of my thinking of it all is like, yeah, I think you're right. I think we just have a very sickly population overall. And it's kind of like a mucky pond when you don't have a pump in a pond and it becomes murky and mucky and slimy. And then the mosquitoes take over Mm. and now you've just got a mess. That's most humans in the US, right? That's most US adults for sure. They're not moving. They go from their bed to their (laughs) car, to their desk, to their car to their couch to their bed Mm. and they they eat like shit they drink out i mean who wouldn't right it's a stressful world yeah yeah but i I, anyway i think that we've just got kind of a hot mess of soup here in most in most u.s adults especially in children now i mean god the Mm. rates of obesity and diabetes have skyrocketed this past 20 months in kids and i'm like Oh all God. the grocery store food, most all of it poisons everybody. Most all of it's garbage. Most all of it's chemicals. Most all of it's just being stored in our fat cells because our body can't doesn't know what to do with such a toxic overload. There's just such a huge amount, and that's a, the huge. It's, you know, I see people who like I know who I've I've also been like vastly overweight at other times in my life, and I remember at the time I wasn't even eating a lot. You don't have to eat a lot. You just have to eat shit. All you have to do is eat MSG. All you have to do is eat stuff that's just completely processed. And it doesn't have to be very much because you're not actually gleaning any nutrition from it. But all of the garbage just sits there. And you're, that's why I think we see all these little kids. And I'm like, I know that kid's not just sitting and eating and eating and eating. This obesity right. is not because. And like yeah. I think that's like a really bad way that I think societally that we've kind of been trained to look at people like, oh, that person, you know, has eaten too much. Oh, that person's this one. Really, their poor bodies just and, you know, we're not taught from an early age. Often they certainly don't teach us in school, like how to take care of ourselves. What's healthy? We've thought Mm -hmm. that, you know, if we eat an apple a day, but where's that apple coming from? What are the implications of what what's the farm? And is it was it a farm? And is this, you know, genetically modified, like all of these things. And there's all of these labels that used to be able to be two or three ingredients. And we knew what those ingredients were to where there are these huge labels. And I don't know what 50 of the 69 ingredients <laughs> on this flower pack, like, why is that in my flower? Um, and so I think it's just this whole like um, thing that's really gotten away from people and busy moms and dads, you know, they're just trying to get, yep. they're trying, we've all just been trying to do the right thing for so long. And the schools and the government and our local health authorities have been telling us what that right thing is. And of course, now we all see a bigger picture that you know, they don't know what that right thing is. And those that do know for sure, keep it hidden from us. And so it just really breaks my heart because it's, it's really not an amount thing, but it is really just a toxic overload thing. And it's something that totally. can be, it's easily arrested, but it's not easily arrested because so much of how we eat and why we has like what you talked about. Sometimes we're sick because we're holding on to psychology, like psychological trauma or emotional mm-hmm. trauma. And I was literally just getting into these rabbit holes with that lately. And I see that having played out in my own life. I now see patterns of this happening to people in my family and seeing that when we've healed those things, it's really, really, and it's almost like a supernatural thing, but it's, but it's so real. And we see this healing taking place. We see our terrain actually starting to correct itself because so much is focused on like, oh yeah, we need to be fit. Oh yeah, we need to eat healthy, but they don't tell us what being fit exactly is. They think, oh, if we just limit carbs and if I just walk for 30 minutes a day, then I'm doing what I need to do. You're like, there's a whole way of life and a whole thought process that's really not that hard, but it's been hidden from us. And, and it's hard as creatures of habit for us to give up a way of life or a comfort way of doing things. If I'm upset, I know I'm going to Handel's ice cream and I'm going to get the three scoops. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, as much as I know that I will feel better tomorrow if I just have my cauliflower and my bitchin sauce and, you know, but I'm still going to handle sometimes. And so, I mean, I do understand the humanity behind people 
And sometimes I think too, families, they, they just, all of a sudden, it's like any of us during this time, we're all kind of awakening to different things. Yeah. And some, it's just not that easy just to turn things around. It takes a step. It takes dedication. It takes determination. These are all things that often in our society, we're not even really taught. It's not even no. really expected of us. And no. so as adults, we still have to allow ourselves to grow up and be open to these ideas and open to wanting these things because it really is there for the plucking. It really is there for the taking. And I see it transforming people's lives around me. It's happened in my life and my children's lives. So natural, anyway. immu natural immunity is not very profitable. That's <laughs> that, that, it's true. Yeah, That's yeah, true. Yeah, they yeah. don't make any money off of health. No, no. Well, and exactly. if you, if you go back to the food industry in the nineties, they knew what they, they knew yeah. what was happening. Obesity was exploding. I don't know how old you guys are, but I was, I was old enough to remember when the majority of people were of a very like moderate, yep. you know, yeah. sure body composition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was very moderate. Mm -hmm. As people age, they might gain a little bit of weight here yeah. or there, but like generally everybody was a pretty moderate. And then all of a sudden one day it just poof, like things started happening and people really started. I mean, there was like maybe one or two kids in elementary school that had like a true glandular problem right. and had, had some weight issues. And my, my sister had weight issues growing up my whole life. She was quite obese. Um, my whole family is quite obese, to be honest with you. And I was always just like, what is going on? And, and when we stopped cooking with lard and with mm -hmm. bacon grease and started using Pam, I saw things shift, right? I saw everybody in my family get heavier and I watched this transition happen. So they knew this. There's a book. I, oh God, it's sitting there. If you give me a second, I'll go grab it uh, to totally. give you the title. Hold on. Totally. Yes. You can inject health folks. Don't, don't forget it. Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 not, we're not incentivized. We're not incentivized to, uh, to, to, to seek out health this information book. on our own. Oh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Salt, Sugar, Fat by Michael Moss. Okay. Okay. This book, Salt, Sugar, Fat. I mean, the first chapter will infuriate you. Wow. It'll set you over the edge. The food industry knew the whole time. Yeah. yeah. We knew that. The pharmaceutical, there's a book called Prescribing by Numbers. I can't remember the author's name. That's all about the pharmaceutical industry. You should read that too. Okay. But it's crazy and how orchestrated it was and they knew and they all came together to discuss it they're like hey we have a problem we should do something about it the government was asking them to do something about it and basically like the head honcho of one of the big companies got up and said mm, nope we're just you know what people can deal with it they have whole laboratories in the u.s where they just figure out the mathematical equation of palatableness like how to mm -hmm. make something hyper palatable right mm -hmm. how to get the sugar salt fat ratios just yeah. right to make it crazy. They don't have to tell you the chemicals that are in there that hijack your dopamine. So I'm totally with you. Like, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. And it is not that easy. It's really hard for me because people are asking me for help online and I'm trying to help them. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm giving them such a simplified version. But as you said, it's a lifestyle yeah. and it becomes this, like the walking, the sleeping, the eating well, the it's giving a damn about yourself really yeah. you have yes. to be intentional with your life you really have yeah. to genuinely be intentional and I, I also think that that's something like I definitely was not taught like I was always taught to be a caregiver of others it never occurred to me to do like some of the things that I've done just for other traumas like play therapy and just meditation all these things that they didn't teach you to do um but but the idea that um we can really create an entire mental well-being an entire spiritual plane that is 
becoming clean, that's becoming clear, that we open our mind. And that really includes too, like a lot of this too, that keeps us down. I feel like we're eating fear. We're eating chaos. Mm -hmm. We're eating disconnect. We're eating all of this, you know, toxic saturation of all these false ideals, all this inversion of who we actually are as human beings. And that's a really, really big thing. You know, we have to fight against it and we have to stand true. And, you know, and this, I said this before too, I think, you know, when people say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm scared. My family's scared. Maybe I'm not scared. And I, and I always say this, like, I don't believe that human beings were created to live in chaos. If you're living in chaos internally, if you feel like you're living in fear, then whatever it is that you're listening to that makes you tell that that's a lie because we are not created to live in chaos. We're not meant to be in fear. And so what we need to do is extricate ourselves from whatever that narrative is. And when we start to align ourselves with things that help us to feel level at peace, calm, sound, empowered. That's the narrative that we ought to be following. That's the truth we ought to be following. And the truth is really out there. It really is out there for those who have the desire to want to glean onto it. And it, and it is hard, you know, and it's another thing too, like the whole food thing, like white sugar, white processed sugar. It's, it's to me in my mind, like, I think it's like almost like a cocaine, like it's absorbing oh, yeah. into people's <laughs> gums, right? Like yeah. it absorbs straight into your bloodstream, yeah. completely yeah. behaves in your brain really similarly to the way that cocaine would and it activates all these things and we see all of these kids that are just being fed fed and you know sugar doesn't have to be a candy bar sugar is in french fries sugar is in you know apple juice sugar is in all of these things and so it's easy to forget that because we think oh i'm giving apple juice oh i'm you know and it's not it's it's just um the addictive properties that's not by accident no it's not food and drug administration oh no that's all and so you know as much as we can be hard on ourselves we also have to be kind yeah Yeah, we have to be kind with ourselves and understand we've been lied to understand we've been fed a false narrative and we need to like as much as people point fingers at us like you know you're it's true i'm fully on board with you whatever happens to us in our lives however we treat ourselves we're we're responsible for though that's the that's the bed that we made and we need to do the best that we can by ourselves and our lives and when we know better we do better and all of that's um, so true, but, um, I, I do also have, like, I, I understand that struggle because we live in a dumbed down society. We live in a society that they've fed us fear. They've disempowered us. They've taken away even our ability to critically think. They're trying to do that to our kids. They've broken up the nuclear family and then they threw candy bars and McDonald's mm, at us. Yummy. And it's not even a judgment call. Like for me, I've gone through different stages in my life where I'm like, well, if people could just do this, I just, you know, and then as the more I know, the more I know, I don't know. And the more I yeah. go through things, the more I relate to people who are going through through things. Um, and even if it's not the same circumstance, I can really feel empathetically like parallel circumstances. And I really think too, in that, like how you relate to people, how we all relate to people when you're real, when people can talk to you about your actual experiences, what you actually overcame and not just, just me going, well, if you just eat an apple, well, if you just tell your doctors, you're not taking any more prescription medication, it's really not that simple, but the answer is really there. And with determination and fortitude, we really, really can attain that victory. Yeah. I love that. No, I love that. And I take pharmaceuticals and I am thankful for them. Mm-hmm. And I, when needed, you know, right. but the big lie is something I practice constantly. And this is just an example, not to go off on a side topic, but this is like, this defines medicine so well to me. I purposely had a, an Oregon license and practice in Oregon because I had such a broad scope of practice here and I could prescribe basically mm-hmm. anything for the most part. 
aside from barbiturates and cancer drugs. The thing that I love doing is having, if you have the license to prescribe, you can take patients off of a drug, but it's a teeter totter, right? So if somebody needs a little bit of an antidepressant or a little bit of a drug, we, or say most of them come in, like, say, this is the drug dose. They're on five different drugs, five different pharmaceuticals. It's up here. Their health is down here. My job is to get the, this to happen. Right. Yeah. So they might still stay on a low dose. I, shoot, I take a low dose of an antidepressant during the winter at times right. when I need to, right? And I am not apologetic about it. I've been doing it my whole life. Right. And I, every time I do, I'm like, God, why did I fight this? But it's not 40 milligrams, it's five. Like I literally microdose it at this point because right. I can, I, and if I need more, something's wrong over here, mm-hmm. right? If I need a go. bunch of stuff to put on my face because my skin doesn't look good or whatever, something's wrong over here. Yes. And so- the, and I and I agree with you. The one thing I will say is, and maybe I just haven't found the way to deliver the information yet, but I have given away so much information for free and over the years. And I have had so many patients in front of me say the same thing. Can you just give me a book on it? And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I started giving away books for free. Like wow. I would, there was a couple books I love to give patients. I give them for free. Then I wrote my own, give that for free. There you go. People don't want to read. They <laughs> yeah. generally do yeah. not want to source information. Right. And so- what you're saying is so true, but that's such a comprehensive conversation, right? And they're like, well, where do I start? That's a great question. Start here, start here, here's some tools. But people generally, I was just talking to my strength and conditioning coach about this. She's like, well, you know, some people were raised on hot dogs and beans, Tina. And I'm like, dude, I was raised in the biggest junk food family, Midwest mm. junk food family ever. I found the information Yep. Yeah. If you and I just it. kept looking and I just kept looking and sometimes I got it wrong, really wrong and derailed way too far the other way. And I chain smoked and I did all kinds of things that were damaging to myself. But like the seeking of knowledge is something that I hold as like yes. a prized asset of my brain. I'm a knowledge seeker. And I don't think a lot of people, so we can give them the information on a platter and they're like, one dude said to me, this summed it up. He said, I was giving him like $1,500 injections every six weeks for his shoulder. And I was like, dude, your diet is so bad as a young guy. I'm like, your diet is so bad. Like I can't, you come in here with Mountain Dew. I won't even allow that shit in my clinic. Wow. Like, you, you can't be eating like this yeah. and your shoulder's not going to heal and you don't ever want to exercise. And he said, it's so much easier for me just to hand you $1,500 every few weeks to fix, to t- yeah. keep the pain down. And I'm like, no, (laughs) the shots don't work. They don't hold if you don't, you know what I mean? And so like, I feel like that's society now. They're like, where's my pill? Where's my shot? Where's my quick fix? Instantaneous. Everything's gratification gratification. immediately. I just want bullet points. Just give me three bullet points. Tell me everything I need to know in three bullet points. I don't want to read a paragraph. Just send me the link. Send me the link. You know, they want it. They want an Instagram post. They want want a meme that fixes. They want a meme. Which is easier? Which has <laughs> almost come to the right place. Which, yeah, no, which, no you, you're, you're the master of that, Dr. Tina. It's like it's almost like it's almost like we live in a society full of zombies, right? So, and you're big. My like, zombie apocalypse. Don't don't be a zombie, right? So, so you have this thing, the zombie challenge. You want to tell yeah. us about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to say one thing too, okay, though. Too. What you said cool. about healing. Healing is hard and healing is never linear and it's never a final destination. It's right? just a process yes. and it fucking hurts yeah. sometimes. Yep. You know, and I like I I actually think I am where I am right now because the summer before this hit, I spent the whole I took the whole summer off work. I work for myself. I can I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. I literally took the whole summer off of work and I got a brand new dog and she was so sick when I got her. She this takes me to ivermectin. I don't want to lose this point. Yeah, totally. Iver, ivermectin can actually kill certain breeds of dogs because of a genetic polymorphism they have. I think that may actually be 
well, I don't think I know, humans have a, the same gene. I can't offhand think of what the SNP is called. It's a single nuclear uh, polymorphism, nucleotide polymorphism, but it's, um, it actually like uh, German shepherds, Carolina dogs, there's a couple different breeds that actually, if they are given ivermectin, they will die. So she was given ivermectin, she was a stray rescue. And then she had her spaying and neutering, whatever, spaying surgery, because she's a girl. And she almost died. And so when they gave her to me, she was skin and bones. She, her wound wouldn't heal. It was, she was a mess. And they were like, we're not really sure if she's going to do very well. She might die. And I was like, dude, I got this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, she had horrible skin. She had my, you know, mange. It was bad. Oh. And I was like, I, this is my specialty. And I was a mess too, of just overall life. And so we spent the whole summer together wandering around St. John's. That's where I was living. And I just cried. I literally did. I cried. I decided I was done with therapy. I was done telling people my problems. And I spent the whole summer just crying out massive amounts of grief and guilt. And by the time summer was over, I'm like, I feel amazing. I dropped like 10 pounds. I felt great. That whole release (laughs) is a big thing. The things that we keep held in our spirit or that we hold on to, or that we don't want to cry about and that we don't want to feel, they make, it make us sick. It makes so us sick. so sick. I mean, even just in our spirit, in our mind, it has definitely contributed in the past for my depression. There's there's a lot. There's a lot to be said on the not to interrupt we were, you, we but I relate to that to, so heavily. I mean, we were just talking to another uh, friend of ours uh, that came on the show, Pedro in Australia, and his wife, we, she, they cured from cancer uh, holistically and outside of uh, the mainstream way. But yeah. uh, how much of that had to do with just resolving trauma? Absolutely. Like that, yeah. that, that was a big discussion we had about that. So. Or letting it go. You know, yeah. I, I actually had a conversation. I'm not even a very religious person, but I had a conversation with God. And the, I, I do this thing where like I go out in nature and I just listen. And what I got back was that wasn't your fault. You've been carrying around this traumatic debt load that isn't yours. It's somebody else's. And it wasn't even their fault. It was put upon them and they put it upon you through abuse and through years of whatever. And it sucks to go through that, right? Like I had kept it literally caged up for decades because I was always so busy and always like success, success, success. And I never had time between you know, flights and conferences and whatever to like let it go. And so I took three months and I just let it go. But it's a, it's a process and it's an acceptance of having to go through that. And I think that that's what most, most humans don't even realize they're walking around with it inside of them. Right. That's why I say the only way out is through. Yeah. Well, we don't want to, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like we got to go through. Yeah. We have to actually deal with what it is or it stays right there on the day that that happened. It just like, it just holds that energy. It holds that weight, but you're so right. And I think that like, subconsciously, like we just don't want to feel pain. Like for me, I can like, I don't want to feel it. I'm not going to think about that. That was 20 years ago. That was two years ago. That was this, that was that, that was that person. And even in my mind, I'm like, I know that wasn't even about me. I know that wasn't even about them. Like I still, I couldn't face it. I didn't want to feel by allowing my mind to actually work through it and accept. And there's like such a thing between acknowledging that it's there and actually accepting. And like you say, like actually going through it and healing, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Healing wounds, healing core wounds. It's like the worst kind of horrific trauma 
undoing you can do to yourself, but it's like, there's this whole promised land. And I said this, I think in a post at some point, but for me, it literally feels like there's a promised land on the other side where my heart doesn't beat in pieces anymore. And until I did that work, I literally didn't realize that it was beating and rattling. And I was in such despair in my spirit, no matter all these other things that I did. And it really was that intentional, like, I'm going to face it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to sit with it. It's going to be lonely and it has been boring and it's been tedious. And then it just keeps hurting. And then it starts to hurt less. And then Mm -hmm. it's not quite so boring. And then some of the apathy gets replaced with these other bright and beautiful things. But it's, I talk about this with people because it's, they talk to us about, yes, like I can do all the vitamins. I can eat all the things that are great. But if I was still holding the things that made me hurt, if I was still holding the things that made me small or made me think something that wasn't a true narrative, I would still be very much smiling right now in front of this microphone and not actually be well. And that's not what I am. That's not my story anymore. And like you say, we're constantly becoming, it's always a, like, we don't just get to that. It's like, oh, well, I'm just done with that. that. That's not even a part of my life anymore. But we grow around things and we blossom around things. And we have these richer, fuller, fuller lives, having been able to sit with the things that held us down. Yeah. And we get more resilient and hopefully softer, you know, softer, like totally yeah. the tougher I get, the softer I get, like mm. the, mm-hmm. The more, the more, the tougher I get, the more feminine I can become, That's you know, and so well, said. Yep, totally. <laughs> versus like warrior. And for me, the reason I'm such a fan of like the physicality of it is because I think that a lot of this stuff gets held onto our bodies as fat. It as, does. Yeah. Yep. And it's, and it continues to just slowly seep into us. And so the, also I'm not very good at sitting still and meditating. I like movement. So I like lifting weights. I like warrior. T- I would have been, a, I'm, I'm sure I was a warrior general in some past life. Like yeah. I was, you know, like I cried through the whole first wonder woman, like literally just cried. <laughs> it's like, I feel that. <laughs> and I, I love the physicality of it. I love the physicality of having good, healthy sex with good, healthy people. I love the physicality of, of just being a human being and like lifting things that are, I think are too heavy and scare me a little bit, you know? And I, I think that that's part of the process of healing for me and for many others is because if you can get out of your head and you can get into your body, but you need your body to work for you. And so I think that's where my big warrior cry on my Instagram account is, is like, come on guys, like get your shit together because we don't have time to wait anymore. And we all got to get on it (laughs) because I want everyone to survive this and I want everyone to get through. And it's just little tweaks here and there. It's not a, oh my, it's people have this thing. Like I have 40 pounds to lose. And so I might as well give up because 40 pounds seems like too much. And I'm like, dude, could you lose one pound a week? And can we learn to actually bring in fasting and other things that are hard to do because it strengthens this, right? It's strength. I mean, that's the, the spiritual can be strengthened through the physical. And that's why I'm such a fan of, just really taking control. It's not about like eat this or take these pills or whatever. It's just about like, get your vessel. It's a meat suit. It's just, you're just a spiritual being walking around in a meat suit. I don't want shit injected into my meat suit that I don't need. (laughs) And I don't want to take anything I don't need, but I do. It's up to me then therefore to take care of this meat suit that God gave me. Whatever God you believe in, right? Whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Well, self-discipline is totally a muscle. And it's not one, like we've said, that they really, like even our parents, I think as much as they try to do their best with many of us, they just didn't even really know how to live that in such a way that, you know, children are a mirror of their parents. And so we tend to emulate that, which we, without even thinking, because that's just, that's the the way that our psychology develops. Um, But with intention, we absolutely, it's, it's just that whole muscle. It's like you say, like, I would love to lose 
30 pounds, but, and I'd love to, you know, like, okay, in June, I was like, all right, I would love to be 25 pounds lighter. I have white bathing suit bottoms that I really, really want to wear, but I'm not like <laughs> white bathing suit. That's like a whole nother level, right? I'm not white <laughs> bathing suit bottom girl. I'm like, I'll probably, if I just hit the gym for six weeks, I'm like, Megan, okay. You're literally telling yourself the same story. You tried to like convince yourself when you were 18 years old, that that's how the yeah. world works and you know better. <laughs> but what I can do is, you know, I could start walking every single day. I can lift the weights that I have at my house. If I'm not ready to take the boot camp classes at the gym. I can show up for life and be intentional because that is a muscle where, okay, today was a little bit cold. I totally do not feel like going out for this walk, but you put on your shoes and you go. That's that muscle of, and, and each time you do that, it gets easier and it takes like for me. And I don't know for most people, like three weeks, a month, if you do something consistently, it does set Mm -hmm. a new pattern. Your brain starts to fire in such a way. And it doesn't mean that you don't always want to go back to like, it's like you can have braces, right? And your mouth can be totally perfectly straight. But if you don't maintain that, eventually the teeth are going to pull back into the way that your body mm. was, you know, it's physiology. And so yeah. it's that whole thing, just keeping up and keeping it consistent. And so I think that that's really important to say is that we don't get to the goal. We don't get to the victory tomorrow. We can't always have that be the ideal of, well, if I can't do this in this time frame, then I'm just going to give up on it because, you know, that's why we don't right. succeed. But it's that intention every single day, one thing at a time that we feed and we fill and we grow ourselves. And then our children and our families watch us do that too. Yes. And in that, when we heal ourselves, they learn how to do that. Other than I can just tell me, because, well, you're going to go take your vitamin C. But when they see me taking my vitamin C and going for those walks and we're going to bed at a certain time and I'm like, no, right now is my time. I need to sit here and be with my own thoughts. And they see me taking care of me and then they see me sitting and reading with them in the night and they see there's value in that. All of these things teach the next generations coming up behind us how it is to live the way that we say that people should live by example. Yep. Right. Yep. Heck yeah. Shoot. Well, but okay. So Tina, Dr. Tina, I know as we're winding down here, uh, so I know we kind of hinted about the zombie, cha- zombie challenge. I want to, I want to leave our listeners with some hope and maybe some first steps that they can take, uh, in their life, like tomorrow, if they wanted to. Yeah. Well, you know, the zombie challenge is over and it was all about what you just said, like yeah. just daily commitments to discipline. It was just about showing up yeah. and doing something every day. So after 10 days, they could start to form a habit. Clearly we need 21 or 30 days to yeah. really form a habit, but it's a start. Uh, it's not available anymore. It's off, but I will okay, give it okay. to your listeners. I'll give it to you guys. I'll give you the link so that you okay. can share it with listeners so they okay, can join. Yes. It's inside Thank a portal. You. It's really fun. And people loved, uh, people loved it. 14,000 people signed up. It was wow. crazy. Oh, people wow. People loved it and it was so much fun. I just showed up every day and kind of went with the flow of what people were needing. I had an idea of what I wanted to say, but it turned into this whole thing and it was really, really fun. It's called Don't Be Zombie Bait Challenge because we don't want to be zombie bait. We want to be, and I will say this, (laughs) the version of health is what you see in your head is different for everyone. We have to give up, like, we might have to give up the white bikini bottoms, right? Like we might have to... I'm not going to fit into some of the things I want to without making myself sick. So I just want to have good hormones. I want to have good, good uninterrupted sleep. I want to have good, healthy sex. I want to want to have sex. Like what is the whole other, wait a minute, minute. hold on. Right. People are still having sex out there. Healthy libido, healthy relationships. I personally have, have a temper. I would like to, when my temper starts flaring, something's wrong. I would like to not, I want more patience with my Mm -hmm. loved ones. Right. Like Mm -hmm. these are the things that I strive for. That's my version of health. So I, I would encourage listeners to define, you know, three or four 
goals that they have that are their version of health. It might be clear skin. It might be not having stomach aches all the time. Yeah. It might be good bowel not movements. Not waking up with headaches and what's causing those. Why do I keep waking up these headaches? What am I eating mm. yesterday that's mm -hmm. making this today? Like exactly. all of these things. That's health. It's not about, you know, I mean, I'd love to rock a bikini in the process, but really it just comes to, I mean, that doesn't matter so much when that's right, that's you know, that not intention of like, I want to be better and I don't have to have a picture in my head, but, oh, I have to look like what I look like when I was 19 years old, or I have to feel like X, Y, and Z. I think that the whole idea behind the intention is I don't want to feel like this. Mm. I don't yes. want to be unhealthy like this. And anything that I do to not be this is better. Anything that I do a week from now, a month from now, and I'm consistent, that's victory, 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 victory. And we don't have to foresee exactly what that looks like to actually know as intelligent human beings that the victory and the success and all of the progress that we hope and the things that we wish to get out of that will come to pass with that dedication yep yes and i want to survive the zombie apocalypse totally. yes, exactly, exactly. that's what it's all about that's that's it and, that's and always my goal that's it and i feel like we probably haven't seen anything yet you know so anything we can do to fortify our bodies our immune systems our mental health and everything for what's coming in the coming months you know that's that's the prerogative right now Cut, cut sugar and yeah. go for a walk every day. Yeah, seriously, just refine, just blatant. I mean, I know you were mentioning sources of hidden sugar, but just cut the blatant, the blatant ones. Sugar. Yeah, yeah, there you go. At there the very go. least, go for a walk every day and commit to the process. Commit to survival. Yeah, that's commit it. To survive. Because yeah. we haven't gotten to. I, I actually think we haven't gotten to the worst of this. And no. when that happens, we're going to start seeing people running around with their heads spinning. Yeah, that's what we want to avoid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We need Absolutely. everybody to decide what what team they're on. Yep. Group up with your community. I've had the conversations with my family, like the hard conversations, you yeah. know, and we are all committed. We all have kind of different. How do I say this? You know, my mom's like, if they're coming for me to put me in the FEMA camp, I'm going to take the vaccine, Tina. And I was like, OK, well, I'm going to take a bullet. Yep. Yeah. So we're in agreement. Yeah. And the very calm. The very calm next piece of the conversation was my mom saying, well, at least let us know how to get into your business, your online business, so we can run it. There you go. There you go. Oh, <laughs> so we generous. can still eat. That's so nice. Yeah, no, so, so, well, so we can still eat. You know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Because I, totally. I, employ, I employ my whole family. I take care of, I mean, Great. that's, with. so that's the kind of like where it's at when I'm yeah. saying, and I, I'm not telling anyone to be, um, you know negative just yeah figure out where you're at and make your which, decisions which hills are ours to stand and die yeah. on there's a lot of empowerment in yes, that too there is you know yes. absolutely I've, oh gosh like, we you, said early on from the start is know where your lines are because yep. they're going to be pushing them they're yep. going to be pushing them. if there's yep. anything we've seen in the last 18 months it's they pushed every line they've they've said they wouldn't yep we have yep. to intentionally stand true to the things that we say matter to us and that's yep. and that is part of character building you know we all yes. are just babies or adolescents and all throughout life we're hopefully hopefully constantly building our character and constantly working on these things in ourselves but it, it really is it just comes down and we say it over and over but that intention and that dedication and dedication isn't that hard it's simply that putting on your tennis shoes once a day it's simply mm -hmm. that putting the alcohol away three nights a week uh, whatever take those steps because it, it does yield beautiful beautiful progress yep yes absolutely. absolutely right on well dr tina tell our listeners how they can find out more Yes. Yeah, so you can go to drtina.com. I have a free book there. Cool. I will, I will make sure to give you the link for the zombie bait challenge, the don't be zombie bait challenge and, uh, Instagram. That's where most yep. of my efforts are. It's Dr. Tina, D-R-T-Y-N-A. But if you want my really fun accounts, mm -hmm. it's Dr. Tina 2.0 and Dr. Tina official. Awesome. Those are my, 
Those are my those are my Martina esque accounts. Yes, that, exactly. <laughs> they're great. They're great. And also, everybody, make sure you check out the Doctor Tina show. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, my podcast, yeah, yeah, my yeah. podcast, Doctor yes, Tina yes, show. Yes. Please, I've got several. And so I am dissecting this pandemic and all the thoughts I've had about it the last twenty months with all the people I've been talking to it's, for the last twenty months sequentially. And they're short. I try to keep them to 30, 40 minutes, so that's just a soundbite. But there's so much more coming, and I've yeah. got so many guests lined up, and we're going to break this break down the truth yes. as best as awesome. I can. So awesome. Well, thank you so much yeah. for having an we'll extra long episode. Listening. Yeah. So thanks for sitting us for an extra long episode, probably than what you're used to. So we really appreciate that. Oh, really yeah. I really loved it. Talking yeah. to you. It was yeah. so fantastic. <laughs> we were really looking forward to it for a long time. Yeah, so it really is an honor. To Me too. It really is an honor. All right, Dr. Tina. Well, thank you so much. And we'll, we'll catch you on Instagram. Fight the good fight. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Good night. Wow. There you go. All right. That long time in the making. Finally, that was awesome. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She is freaking amazing. I really would implore our listeners to really uh, to to listen to her podcast. Absolutely. You're already a podcast listener. I I listened to four. There's only like. 17 or something episodes so far it just started in july yeah but um but they're 30 or 40 minutes i listened to like four today and i was just like i was blown away at how good the content was i just That's absolutely awesome. loved it if you're someone like me who loves like the 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 medical freedom side of things yep. and stuff and just like getting into the weeds of like uh how how this virus is bullshit yeah <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. like i think she's Sometimes I think people like in her position, like they, they kind of walk this line a little bit, you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. like she won't go out and say the same thing that I will. Like, <laughs> fuck this vaccine. Like this vaccine right? will fucking kill you. Yeah. Like she won't say that. I'll but, say it. But she'll, but she'll also, <laughs> we'll say it. but she'll also tell you all the research and stuff that, of why this vaccine can kill you. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like yep. she'll, yeah. she'll give it all to you and just, well, what we've been saying all along, Infor- informed, informed, consent. Yep. informed I, I consent. Lo- I love how she phrased it though. She's like, if you survive the vaccine, it might, she's just amazing. And that was, yep. that was just a lot of fun, man. Yep. Um, dude, we, I have to say, we are really blessed with amazing doctors in Oregon. Yeah. Like some really? of like yeah. our favorite, like some of my favorite doctor guests have been like right, right here. here. Dr. Dr. Paul, Paul Thomas, Thomas Dr. Uh, Henry Dr. Ely, Dr. Ely mm-hmm. Dr. Yeah. Tina now, you know, yep. I mean, we're pretty blessed. We Absolutely. Are. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, what is the saying? Like, like, I don't even know, whatever. <laughs> I got nothing. I got okay, nothing. all right, all right, all right. right. There's a saying out there for something. Uh, yeah, but, uh, well, thank you, Scott, for that. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, we all we were like hanging on the edge of his words, and we all looked at him. And he's like, "All right." I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Something about forests. I don't know. Something uh, about forests on fire. I don't know. No, I kept thinking of uh, the one saying that we have, like the recovery saying throughout this. Um, is just like when the fear of remaining the same becomes yeah. greater than the the fear of change. You will let um, go. Then you will you will change that, or yep. you will let yeah. go at that point. Yep. I, f- I feel like that's kind of. I mean, that's that's the thing why we can't lose hope in humanity though either, right? Is because like this thing is gonna get worse, and hopefully they will approach that change when. When shit sucks, right? Because yep. it's it's gonna yep. get worse. Like it's just as he's saying, like this fall and winter could be pretty dark, man. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and I, I, and I really want to be able to be like these handful of people that can like offer some kind of hope for people. I mean, we don't have the for sure answers, but we can no. offer some sort of hope because I don't want, I also feel like, yeah, it's going to be dark, but it, I don't believe people are lost. I don't believe that. And I think that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of the things we've already said a yeah. whole lot of yeah. that, but I also just want to encourage people. I don't, I just don't think that everyone who we're here to know, help. We are, we we're are here. To yeah, help, and if you think, and if you think like these injections are a substitute for like eating healthy and exercising and all this stuff, like, like just whatever, dude, Scott, we I all know you can you. inject health that has yeah, yeah. been a hardcore <laughs> we, principle of this that, yes. we've proven yes, that with yeah, the science proven. yeah the science is settled on that the science is settled <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah 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 
All right, okay. everybody. Well, uh, please go find Dr. Tina at drtina.com. There you go. And uh, the Dr. That Tina. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah. Get her on Instagram for sure. It's hilarious. And the Dr. Tina Moore show. Tina the Dr. Moore. Tina Moore. The Dr. Okay. Tina Moore show. Yes. Uh, yes. And uh, yeah, everybody, thank you so much for sitting in with us. Again, we very much appreciate your time and your encouragement. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Thumbs up. We sure would like some five-star reviews, all of you out there who love us, and uh, thank you. I'm Megan, sitting here with Scott and Ed, and until next time, we wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night. Beep, 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 beep